Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats to show everyone. Can afford to listen to Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo. And it is another Cowboys victory show. Woohoo! Oh my goodness. It's like a double victory party because the last time we were with you to talk about anything, it was right before Thanksgiving. It was the bust, man. It was the bust. That's the best. We had a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you guys did too. And the Cowboys not only knocked off the Redskins. Then they came back and beat the best team in football. So the Cowboys are now, by process of whatever that thing is you call it, Eric, the best team in bleeping football. Four in a row, red hot. Let's go, baby. Best defense in the league. Step off, mother lickers. Yeah, you should feel unbelievable, man. Your defense is the best in the world. I mean, you guys are flying to the gosh dang football. You got the best linebacker duo in the history of football, and life is fantastic. Amari Cooper changed the world. You guys on primetime telly punched the Saints right where it hurts, and you just out-physical them the entire game. Your defense was just, I mean, to hold Drew Brees and company to 10 points, you finally put some consistency together. I mean, I remember a month ago we were talking, I mean, this was, we were jumping off the deep end, couldn't win two games in a row to save your lives. And now you've strung together one of the best months of Cowboys football over the last couple of years. It's awesome, man. What a turnaround from left for dead at three and five. The sky is falling. Dak Prescott sucks. I mean, wasn't that what you were saying? Basically, was Dak. Dak sucked. Yeah, well, Dak absolutely sucked. I think the whole offense sucked. The coaching sucked. From top to bottom, the offense sucked. Uh, And now adding Amari Cooper has changed a lot of that. Uh, I don't know that necessarily the coaching has changed a ton, but when you add a guy like Amari Cooper and the offensive line starts blocking better with the change that they made with the coaching there, I mean, and then obviously with the insertion of uh, one Suofilo. Dude, he did not have a good game against the Saints. Okay, now, I've never been a Suofilo guy per se. He really had a bad one. I'm more so just a not Connor Williams guy. No, I like Suofilo's size. I still think he needs to play just because he's a bigger body. Sure. But going back and rewatching that game, ooh, he struggled. He, he had a bad game against the Saints. I hear you. Now, it was you. okay because you won the game. Sure. You know, so any, like if the Cowboys had a loss, I think that would have been a bigger story. Yes. People would have looked more into that. That would become a, th- a thing, which was the, the problem for Connor Williams. The Cowboys weren't winning. So people were looking at, all right, well, what's the leak? Well, okay, Connor Williams. So he got a lot of blame. So a Philo came in. Everybody started playing better. He certainly was a beneficiary of the Amari Cooper trade because that has seemed to really, I mean, my Lord. I went from, oh, my gosh, they gave up a first-round pick. Oh, no, why? Although I do kind of like the player to coming around and saying, my gosh, it's the move of the last decade, baby. Like, yeah. The, the Cowboys made a great trade. They made a great trade. Well, he was he had eight targets in the Saints game. He had eight completions. He or eight receptions is making catches and running routes. Oh, his routes, man. Oh, his routes and his quickness. Like oh, all of a sudden, my he'll God. catch the ball inside, boom, turns outside, opposite shoulder, and up the sideline in a blink. Yeah, he. Uh, he I didn't realize Lattimore how fast like a he was on the sidelines. Uh, on one of those plays. Who last year might have been the best corner in football. Yeah. Aside from Jalen Ramsey, of course. Of course. Um, no, you got the... Amari Cooper has changed everything. Dak Prescott, it's incredible the trust that is built in uh, to him. Uh, I know, isn't it crazy? Like, he's already... How quickly. how quickly they just became on the same page and Dak started throwing it to him on every third down, it seems like. And it's great. It works every time. I mean, literally, every time Amari Cooper... I, I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but... It's like 80% of his passes have gone for either a first down or a touchdown. So, I mean, the guy's just, he 
he just keeps the offense moving. Dak relies on him heavy, heavy. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback rely so much on a receiver so quickly. You know, like they just met each other. You thought it was going to be a little bit. Dak's not the kind of guy to just throw it to you if you're not completely wide open. Well, even in that Washington game, when he took, I think it was the 40-yarder, where he wasn't that wide open, or maybe it was actually the 90-yarder, where I remember Cooper comes out after the game and says, yeah, that play is not even designed for me. I wasn't necessarily expecting it, but Dak threw it to me. You know what I mean? And that's not, like, I don't think Dak would usually do that for almost anybody. You even saw that. That was a problem with him and Dez, because Dez just wants him to throw it to me even if I'm not open. Well, he wasn't doing that. He's doing that kind of stuff for Amari. Holy smokes, he is. And it looks great. The offense has flourished because of it. I like that you brought up the third downs because that has been, to me, like the game changer. The Cowboys are sustaining drives now on offense, and that was the issue. They just weren't. Their third down conversion rate was terrible, and they were getting behind the chains, whether it was because of penalties, whether that was because of Dak losing yardage and getting sacked, which is still getting sacked way too much. That's I mean, Dak, the knock on Dak here, while his play, you kind of know what you're going to get at this point from Dak Prescott. In that Saints game, the scramble for 11 yards and a first down, just a ballsy scramble. I'm not going down. Fighting for extra yardage. Carrying defenders. The Dak Prescott that got the entire bench on their feet. And the defensive guys, like you can see why people play for a dude like Dak Prescott. He's a physical guy. He's tough to tackle. And then the next play. Hung like a horse. Misses a wide open. Michael Gallup down the sideline for an easy walk-in score. That's sad. That's, that was really that's sad. The, that's the good and the bad of Dak Prescott right there. But you know... When the lights are bright and it's the fourth quarter and you're in the football game, that dude's usually more often than not going to find a way to win it. That's yes. kind of how he's been throughout his career. Yeah. It's not going to look good. He's not going to look like Pat Mahomes. He's not going to be putting up numbers like the Jared Goffs of the world or even to say a Kirk Cousins. He's not going to put up those numbers. That's just not him. He's not a, He's not an, His arm talent isn't elite by any means, but he's a winner. And he can do a lot of things well, but his fumbling and... The sacks that he takes are the areas where right now he is still showing weakness and he needs to improve that. Yeah, it's that pocket awareness. It's that internal clock to know, dude, if I'm sitting here and it's been three seconds, I have, I've got to get the ball out. I, you just, you never have that much time. And if you're lucky to have it on any given play, you're always about to be sacked. And it's like he forgets that. And then he always, he turns his head. And, and that's the thing is because you live and die by it because sometimes it's great. You know, and he and he runs for some unbelievable break in tackles, and he goes and scores like he did against Washington, or like you said on that third and eleven that was huge against the Saints, and he goes down and runs it and makes it happen. But other times, man, that results in a fumble or just a huge sack, a negative play, and that those are absolutely the things that kill you. So those are still issues. But Amari Cooper has solved a decent amount of their issues, and one of the stats that I saw, I think it was from Bob Sturm of the Athletic. He said that uh, before the Cowboys made the trade for Amari Cooper, they were the second most blitzed offense. And the saw that teams well. were just freaking coming for him. Now, since then, they're the 17th most blitzed offense. Defenses are saying, wow, we can't just freaking unload on these guys because they actually can do some things on the outside now. And yeah. so uh, that's, that's a huge thing. And that's, that's put, taking a little pressure off of the offensive line. Uh, but then at times you'll see that puts the onus on Dak when he does have the time to, okay, either make the throw or get the bleep out of the pocket because even though you have time, it's always fleeting. I mean, you're always about to be sacked. And that's the thing that's the most annoying for me when I see him there and you're sitting there and you're holding And Tannehill does the same thing. I watch it with the Dolphins. It's like, dude, you can't sit there all day. It's like, I know you can't just sit. It's like, you're going to get hit. So that's the frustrating thing. It's like, dude, get the ball out. You have to know. You have to have an internal clock that even though I haven't been hit yet, I'm about to be. And Dak doesn't seem to always have that. Sometimes it results in freaking whoever it is, Preston Smith of of the Redskins. Oh my goodness. Getting a sack fumble for a touchdown. And other times it results in Dak running for a touchdown yeah. against Washington. Yeah, so. no doubt. No doubt. And, and Amari has been huge. He definitely has a trust in him. He'll let it rip to Amari like he won't do to other receivers. And his ability to convert on third downs and move the chains has been huge. Uh, not to mention Ezekiel Elliott has been and should be an MVP candidate. But in reality, as much as, and this is just kind of how it is in football, you immediately talk about the offense. The defense is the storyline Oh, is it The ever? defense is the story. Good God, This man. defense is unreal. And it's just, 
to me, it's it's crazy because we haven't talked about. I can't remember talking about. I guess 2009 would be the last time the Cowboys had a defense that was like, all right, pretty. This, they're really good because it was Ware and Anthony Spencer both playing really well. Like you had Demarcus Ware still in his prime, one of the elite pass rushers in the game. And yeah, Anthony Spencer, you had Ratliff, you had Spears. Yeah, that defense was really good. They they were flying around making plays. It was, they got the last good year out of Keith Brooking. Yeah, you know Kevin Burnett at linebacker. Uh Terrence Newman's still on that squad. Terrence Newman was definitely on that team. Oh no, it wasn't Kevin Burnett. What's the? It's the was it uh, Brady, Brady James? James. Yeah, That's Brady James was probably of. there. Uh, maybe a little Pat year. Watkins action. No, I don't think Pat. Maybe, Keith, well, maybe Pat maybe was on Keith special Davis. Teams. No, I don't think there was Keith Davis on that team. <laughs> Those were the oh, years, though. It was around Cowboys, that time. So the Cowboys had a pretty good defense in 2009. But this defense is is different. They're young. They're fast. They're physical. And now they've got a welcomed problem on their hands with how they're going to do this rotation with Sean Lee coming back into the fold. Yeah. And I don't see why everybody's making such a big deal out of it. Do we start Sean Lee? What do we do? Of course you play yeah, you Sean Lee. You definitely play Sean Lee. Good God, that's Look, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know. I went on, you know, on the on the fan and was talking about how selfishly wouldn't it be great if, like, Sean Lee is just, if, if he keeps getting hurt, the injuries, you know, he comes back on, let's say he gets hurt again, and it's just apparent the guy just can't stay healthy. Just go ahead and retire, be a linebackers coach. But no, Sean Lee right now, if you have him and he's on your football team, he's on the field. There's no reason you shouldn't play the guy. And I would, there's just, it's irresponsible coaching if you don't find a way to get all three on the field at once. There's no reason you can't play all three together. Yeah. I mean, I don't buy that. No, with even with Vander Esch and Smith and Wilson are playing together about 15, 20 snaps a game. So there's 15, 20 snaps guaranteed that Lee, Vander Esch, and Smith should be playing against or playing with each other. And if it's a passing down, I want Vander Esch and Lee out there. Yeah, but then I also and I want Jalen Smith out there rushing the quarterback. Sure, you know, yeah. I want I want I want Jalen Blitzen. So, but the thing is, is they they all have versatility. They do, they all do certain things. You know, better than the other ones, but I'm with you. I think Vander Esch has proved he's the best coverage linebacker, no doubt. And his size is just awesome. When you have a 6'4 guy in the middle of the field, it just makes it so tough for a quarterback trying to get into the seam of the defense. So I'm with you. Sean Lee, though, still, even though when he has played, he's been fantastic. So absolutely, I want him on the field. I want him on the field as much as I can. And there's got to be some sort of rotation, but those guys are going to remain fresh. It's a fantastic problem. It's not even a problem. They're making it a problem. No, it's not a problem. It's, it's, start, it's, it's not bro, a problem. Sean Lee's going to start on the field. I don't care That's who great. starts next to him, but Lee, Smith, and, and Van Der Esch are going to be playing a ton, and that's just incredible. The defense is amazing. I have a stat for you. Ready? Oh, give it to me. It's a Cowboys Chubb stat. I think Walchuk's about to just go insane. I already am. From John Machota on Twitter, the Cowboys defense is the only defense in the NFL not to allow 30 points or more in a game this season. Wow. As a matter of fact, they haven't allowed 30 or more points in a game since last November when the Chargers, the filthy Eagles came to town. The Eagles? That's right. Ugh, those gross Eagles. And now they're coming back to town, and I think the oh, Cowboys don't defense. You say abs- that. No, no, no. I think that's really revenge it. I think the Cowboys oh, okay. defense is saying, wow, the only team to put 30 on us in the last year is this bull bleep, fake Super Bowl champion, douchey, filthy team. Dilly, dilly, here, here. Only Nick Foles could put up 30 on us, not this Carson bleeping Wentz. No, guy. Nick Foles gets killed by the Cowboys. Yeah, screw Carson Wentz. It was really Jay Ajayi that did it to us. Yeah. Ajayi well, had a great game. Maybe his that, best day as an Eagle. That's because they actually had an offensive line. Truth. Their line sucks. They're no good. The Cowboys are going to tear them up. You got another stat? You're still looking over there like you got some more. Oh, you no. You got I mean, some I extra, have, extra little bits in the teeth? I have plenty of different stats. I don't know if, if I got Cowboy ones for you. Oh, well, I don't want anything but Cowboy ones right oh, now. Oh, actually, unfortunately, oh. I do have one. This isn't a great Why one. Is this is from oh, John Owning, oh, courtesy of PFF, whom I'm take with a grain of salt at all times, but Dak Prescott, according to PFF, has thrown the third highest rate of uncatchable passes in the National Football League. Not really surprising. When Dak's bad, he's bad. You know? Yeah. He has a few of those where it's like, all right, that's out of the way. Oh, that was a (laughs) wide-open touchdown to Gallup. He misses some. He does. He does. Well, bottom line is, Cowboys, I mean, you're on top of the world. Uh, I think now is when you start getting... 
to the point where hey, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyron Crawford's kicking ass. Tyron Crawford is dude, he's killing it. And that secondary line, credit you, Jordan. Oh, so good. Credit you, Jordan Lewis, hanging in there and the officiating. Before we wrap on the Cowboys conversation and move on to the rest of the NFL, because there's so much juicy tidbits going on, the officiating was pretty darn bad on both sides. Yeah, in that game against the Saints, Walt Anderson and his crew. First of all, they throw flags like it's free candy. They're just every play. Flag, flag, flag. Some of them are good. Some of them are just, dude, why did you call that? And then they'll miss just blatant ones right in front of their face. I mean, my Lord, as much as I love the Jalen Smith hit on Alvin Kamara, it should have been flagged. Oh, God, that should have been Like, flagged. that should have been flagged. No doubt that should have been flagged. I think Jalen Smith actually got fined for that, oh, even he? though he didn't get flagged for it. Yeah, no, the refs weren't great. It takes me back to that Monday night game when they when they got their ref super team together uh, for Kansas City well, and uh, the Rams, was it? and it ended up being one of the worst officiated games we'd seen in on decades. the Cowboys pregame show. They had who's the dude on Fox? Uh, oh, Pereira. Pereira. Pereira comes on, and Mikey. He, he was super defensive and said that was not an All Star officiating crew. Who? Uh, oh, he basically just. Shut that down that. and said that was not accurate. He that said, I know my true. pro ballers. These are not my These are pro not ballers. my guys. This is not my A team here. So he literally crapped all over that. And I immediately thought of, well, I, I know you brought that up on the show. And I thought it was super interesting. So I don't know. I don't know if maybe well, as you can tell, it I mean, turned out so bad that they're trying to now like backtrack. But well, Pereira clearly listens to the show. He heard yeah, chat about yeah, it, no and doubt. he got pissed off. And listen, I get it. If my sources weren't correct, they weren't correct, right? But he obviously knows that the power we bring, he had to jump up on Fox and shoot it down, right? And that's fair enough, Mike. You're the man. You know what you're talking about. That wasn't your Pro Bowl refs. Hey, thank God it wasn't. Honestly, Mike, I hey, feel a I'm better. here to tell you, thank God. Because if that was your refs, if that was your Pro Bowl refs, we're in a world of trouble, Mike. I mean, Jesus, where's Ed Hockley? We got Ed Hockley's son out here. He's terrible. Where's Ed? I wonder what Ed is doing. He retired, didn't he? I think he's just freaking just juicing. I think he just lives in Venice. Just juicing? Just stays on the beach. Just, just juicing oranges, lemons, <laughs> yeah, limes. bro, just repping. Grapefruit. He stays in the gym. He, he's, he's never one to brag, but he, he always just came from the gym. The Cowboys are kicking ass, taking names at seven and five, and sitting all atop the NFC East. And a big game, like you said, Eagles no, coming to game. town. Massive game because the Eagles win, and now oh crap, don't say it. I mean, record wise, shoot, it's not like this thing's in the bag for the Cowboys. Not now, at all. Not you at guys all. are clearly the better team. The Eagles are are not anywhere close to what they were last year with the injuries. Carson Wentz maybe not being the same, and to me, the biggest thing, their offensive line is just not the same. That's why they won so much last year. That's why I would imagine uh, the Cowboys D-line with D-Law and the Hot Boys will absolutely get after Philly at AT&T on, on Sunday. So I, I would feel confident. But the thing is, is like when it only it gets a little scary when everybody comes on your side now. You're the top dog. Everyone's saying you're the best. Everybody's crowning you. It's a, it always scares me just a little bit. I like being I like going into the Saints game with no pressure, no doubt. Uh, you know the Saints are the, the number edge. one team, absolutely. Yeah. Now you come in, there's and expectations. Even though the Saints are the Super Bowl champs, you guys are the favorites. Yeah. How do you handle that? I agree. I think it helps that they're at home. It's also very difficult to beat two teams in the a team twice in the same season. So yeah, certainly. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the Eagles, it, it, you throw records aside all the time. You know, it, it doesn't matter who's playing in a divisional game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But certainly the Cowboys are, are coming in hot. And other than Carson Wentz, there isn't a single player on that Eagles team. Maybe Fletcher Cox. But they have shown no consistency. Golden Tate. Whatsoever. Finally found the end zone. Maybe, well, and he's a cowboy killer. Yes, he is. He's a cowboy killer. So that's somewhat concerning. And my ball, Zach Ertz, is literally, he's like got 100 balls already this year, 100 receptions. He's like, he. I think he's honestly got like 95 or something like that. Wow. Which is insane. Yeah, uh, I, think, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's 93, and it's an Eagles receiving record. I watch, record. Watching them play Washington the other night, I mean, Wentz goes to him every other play. Yeah. I mean, their offense is He's Ertz, their number Ertz, one receiver. Ertz, 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 Ertz. He is awesome, which which I thought it was so weird that they went ahead and moved up in the draft. You'll get a guy in Dallas, Goddard, who 
really doesn't need to play at all. I mean, he's a great insurance. If something happens to Ertz, clearly they they use the tight end a lot. It's a big part of their offense. But Ertz is so good, it's like Jason Witten in his prime. He's never going to come off the field. You know, he's he's the best. The other than Travis Kelsey, he's easily the best tight end in football. With a descending Rob Gronkowski now, those no are the doubt. top two dogs. Yeah, no, uh, Ertz has been incredible. He's obviously the focal point of what Dallas will have to stop. But the good news is he's really the only thing you have to worry about that about that Philly offense. He's he's everything for them. Their running game is, is not much to be worried about. You guys come in fresh. They come in on a short week. They played Monday night. You guys played Thursday. No doubt. So ten days rest to six days. You guys should be feeling fantastic about that. I mean, Cowboys are on top of the world. It's a beautiful time. I'm happy for you. I know you are just elated. So we elated. were literally, like I said, we were drowning a month ago, and now we're on top of the world. So it's we're a beautiful swag thing. surfing, baby. Yeah. Are we ever? The bleeping hot boys. Demarcus Lawrence is trying to get a hot boys section in the at AT and T Stadium. We are hot, and we are boys. That was weird. Sexy boys. Yeah, and we should get a section. I mean, I loved what Demarcus Lawrence is doing, going out there on Twitter, challenging the fan base. We need you. We need you to be loud. Is that what they mean by hot boys? Like, like they think I they're really attractive? I don't know. I can't say like they're that hot. I'm like super into the name, but I'm pying into it because it's awesome and they're balling out. They are kicking ass. Like, man. if you perform, then it doesn't matter. You could be named the whatever, whatever you want to think of. The good news for the Cowboys is if they're packing. Anytime you have the best unit, the Dallas Cowboys had the best offensive line in football for that year or two, you know, and it was amazing. And you could go into every game and know this unit is going to be fantastic. Well, it's nice to go into a game and know that overall your defense as a whole is the number one defense in the league. I mean, it's you in Chicago, I think, that is, you know, and then Jacksonville so up and down. One week they look unbelievable, and next week their defense looks terrible. I mean, you guys go into every game knowing that not only in that game, your defense is probably the better defense, but just in general, knowing that your defense is pretty much the best in the league, top three in the league, that is a really comforting feeling. It's an awesome feeling, and it's a feeling that Cowboy fans have not had in almost a decade. I mean, it's been a long, 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 long time since the Cowboys have had a defense this good. And they've invested in it, and the beauty of it is is it's pretty much all draft picks. I mean, all these guys are homegrown dudes. And they're coming out and they're performing. And it, it, it's great to see. It's great to see. It's something that as an organization you can look at and say, we built this. This was our doing. And we're finally seeing and reaping the benefits of this. I think it's awesome. You know what else is awesome? Leighton Vander Esch's Instagram, the picture he posted. Oh, my God. Wait till I show you this. If you guys haven't seen this, go go find Leighton Vander Esch's Instagram. He's at Vander underscore Esch 38. And his latest post is with his uh, with his lady, and you know how we call him the Wolf Hunter. Oh yeah. Oh well, he's draped in a. Oh, I saw this in a in a big game dead wolf skin over him and his sexy lady, who he calls a fox. He says, "Just the wolf and his fox." 2018 Dallas Christmas, and he looks like a badass. This is something like Conor McGregor would do. Like, this is a Conor McGregor move. He's dressed to the nines. He's with his dime bag, and he's got literally a wolf, a husky, dangling over his neck like like a necklace. He's wearing a wolf husky like a necklace. I fell in love. Look, you know that I've got a short list of favorite players, right? Is that a howl? That was a great howl. And it went from, you know, I had Emmett. Dez, I love Dez. And now that Dez is gone, you know, you kind of... I think De- Zeke is default. You need to get a new guy. For me, now it wasn't even Zeke. Like, I like Zeke, but I wouldn't, like... Yeah, Zeke, sure. But you respect women. LV's got to be that guy. Like, yeah. I, you, I love LV. I, I can easily say right now that he's my favorite player on this team. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people would say the same thing. He's, he's, he's like Luca. He's come in and just... He's owned it, man. He's literally given himself everything that he's gotten. He's gone out there and just overperformed. He's, he's overachieved. All, yeah. He's earned every little bit of what he's getting right now. The playing time, the notoriety, the love, the appreciation. He's blown up. Yeah. And he's balling out and backing it up. Now he's wearing husky. And he's a humble. Neck. He seems like a good guy. To a Christmas party. What a stud. God what a badass. Dang it, man.
Leighton Vander Esch is the man. And by the way, Leighton. The bus, man. She is a fox, brother. Not a boy. Good for you. All right. Cowboys conversation. Another Woo. one in the books. Another one. Bites the dust. Excellent. All right. Well, now that Cowboys conversation is in the books, it's time now to go around the NFL. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys will always take the headlines, not only on the Nosebleed Seats podcast, Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, but everywhere. The homerism's gone. Now it's time to dissect and go around the National Football League. We're going to hit it all. There's been so much going on, but I think without a doubt, the biggest storyline from this weekend, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, maybe you think it's something else, but I think it's the firing of, of Mike McCarthy from Green Bay. Oh, no question. Uh, and it, it's just, I think a lot of people are happy about that, but I think a lot of people are also sad because now we're trying, we're all scrambling, wondering, what do we do with the reddest faces in the NFL in terms of coaching? You know, because Greg, or excuse me, Mike McCarthy really was at the top of the red face list. I think it was him and Mike Zimmer, neck and neck, you know? Just who's got the reddest, most leathery face. You always bring this up. You're obsessed and with coaches in the red face. Yeah, because I, I just think there's there's some that really own that. And we lost a good one in John Fox. There's something about that NFC North that really just the Dude, red face. Dude, it's cold, get cold weather. There. No, because here's it the thing, though. To no, human I know. Beings. No, and that's a that's a great it's a great point that you make. But what about <laughs> the weather? In the dome of Minnesota, okay. When True. Mike Zimmer shows up every week, with, I have not with I a, even say, even more of a red face than the previous. I want what I want you to do is I know that you have Snapchat because you Snapchat me frequently. Yeah, on the John. Yeah, my helmet. You've seen it everywhere. So, yeah. The next time you see Mike Zimmer's leathery red face inside the dome inside the dome like it has to be indoors absolutely they play the dolphins in the dome in like three weeks i'll absolutely get it to you okay perfect no problem there you go no problem send it to me but i want to see it but still i mean losing Greg. uh why do i want to keep calling him greg mccarthy it's is there, mike is there a greg mccarthy out there i don't know any greg mccarthy he looks like a greg i think i think he looks like a mike you think he looks more mikey than greggy i think he looks mikey than greggy for sure well he's it's just a shame that, that if anything he looks more like a chip i think that if he winds up in cleveland another you know midwest they cold, would be so stupid i think, for hiring him over bruce arians if Bruce Arians, who took the Arizona Cardinals a game away from the Super Bowl, and I know Ken Wisenhunt took them there once, but they had some things go their way. They had Kurt Warner, who was excellent. They had a Hall of Fame receiver in his prime. They had some good pieces on those Arizona teams. The Arizona team that Bruce Arians took to an outstanding season three years ago when they lost to Cam Newton and the Panthers was, was not that good. He's a great head coach. Really, really good head coach. And he reiterated just yesterday yes, he, that he wants to he be wants in Cleveland. To, he wants to go there. That's he, the only job that he would entertain. He's the first head coach of all time to say, Cleveland's the only place for me. And if somebody wants to be there, and they've got the resume and the recent history of success that Bruce Arians has, I'm and history of working with quarterbacks and having them play really well. He yeah. was with Andrew Luck when Andrew Luck first came into the league. Luck. Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, he got the last Palmer, bit out yeah. of him. Every quarterback performs pretty well under Bruce Arians. If I'm Cleveland and I'm growing my team a young uh, around Baker Mayfield, yeah, bring me Bruce Arians, not Mike McCarthy, who Aaron Rodgers, the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now, seemed to really cannot stand for the last couple of years. So I think Mike Zimmer pretty much sits alone at the top now. Um, and what? Then, oh, of the leather faces? And red leathery faces. And then I, I do think that Red J is somewhere in that. he's. If he wasn't in the top five, I think with McCarthy being bounced, he just entered it. So I'll, I'll sit down and I'll do some numbers crunching and we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. But I do think Mike Zimmer is your new leader atop of the red leathery face head coach. Mike Smith was a good one. Mike Smith was a great one. man, and we lost a good one that day. Yeah, that was only a, that a was a real shame. Now. That shuffled things up in the top five. I remember, I I remember. That. Now I'm really going. I'm racking my brain through all the coaches to try. What about Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll's Pete rosy Carroll's, cheeks a little bit. He does have some rosy cheeks, but um, I think he's he's he finds a way to get in the California sun one day a week. He he escapes the overcast, 
the cloudiness of Seattle, he finds a way to get in the sand, get on the beach. He keeps it. He, he gets a little sun kiss. But the other one I think is uh, is, is a, one that we lost a good one a few years ago, and that was Tom Coughlin. Right out of the NFC. No doubt. He just took it right from us. He was the best. He was the best, man. And he really was. The when best. you lost him, it was like, holy bleep, we got John Fox, and then we lo- then we lose John Fox. And then it's just like these guys just keep going and and, and Mike Zimmer and now I guess Red Jay are the two atop the leaderboard. Wow. And we can only hope McCarthy ends up in Cleveland. I wonder how Nagy's gonna look. Yeah, that's a good one. Have you ever heard Nagy speak? No. He's got a great accent. I'm not even I can't even totally put my Actually, finger on Actually, I think I yet. saw a preseason interview with him on NFL Total Access. They go to he all sounds the training great. camps. Yeah, he sounds great. Um so yeah, McCarthy coach. with McCarthy being gone, man, Aaron Rodgers and they said Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be the uh isn't going to necessarily get a say in who the next head coach is, which I think is the dumbest thing in the world. Um I don't know. I, I think they have a certainly that's a job that if, if I'm any coach and except Bruce Arians, he specifically said, I do not want to go coaching Green Bay, coach Aaron Rodgers. I want to coach in Cleveland. But I think any other of these expectations, coaches, man, all these coaches, I feel like you'd probably want to go to Aaron. You never get to go to it. You never get to walk into an opening where Aaron Rodgers is. Your do you think that somewhat? I, I think and maybe I'm wrong. I feel like we've had a similar conversation about LeBron. Maybe it's like playing with LeBron. You know, you don't. Nobody wants to really go play with LeBron or go coach LeBron because you don't get any credit for the success. It all goes to LeBron, right? Maybe there's something similar about going to Green Bay and coaching an Aaron Rodgers. You're expected to win because you have Aaron Rodgers, and if you don't, then you're you're a failure. And if you do ultimately win, well, Aaron Rodgers is the one being the great quarterback who's going to get all the shine. Yeah, I hear you, but I will say the one thing is. You're coming in at a great point because Aaron Rodgers is at his stock is as low as it's really ever been. Um, the the Packers in general, their whole team. I mean, they've they've struggled, and so if you come in and you end up being the guy that can turn them around and make Aaron Rodgers look like the old Aaron Rodgers and make that Green Bay offense look like the old Green Bay offense, then you just became the savior. And I think that's exactly. That's what I would be thinking if I'm Josh McDaniels, which we've heard that name floated around for obvious reasons. He's been tied with Tom Brady for a really, really long time. I just think he's staying in New you England. You think he's going to stay in New England? I think that's just, why he went back. I mean, I think he got a guarantee. Maybe yeah, he even signed something. That's, but that now that's fair. If he but if he didn't sign anything binding, I don't think he ever would have thought he could have had a better tie himself to a better quarterback than Tom Brady. For sure. He never thought Aaron Rodgers is going to open up. I think when you're a guy like McDaniels and you're used to having cream of the crop quarterback, remember last year, the only way he was about to leave was to go coach Andrew Luck. Yeah. You know, he's only walking into these cream of the crop situations. He obviously likes quarterbacks with the number 12. And I think Aaron Rodgers is absolutely the guy for him. If I'm if I'm Green Bay, he's certainly near at the top of my list but also if i'm green bay i'm consulting rogers with every move i make coach wise i agree with that i would certainly make sure that aaron Rodgers was happy with who i chose i would probably say this is who we want and we're asking your opinion and hoping to god he says yeah i'm cool with that yeah i mean i come to him with a list of three to five guys i ask him do you is there I a would name probably not on this list my guy. well okay sure i mean however you want to go about it but i'm probably going to pick my guy because there will be life after rogers and i hope that coach is there but I'm not going to hire him if our Rodgers says I don't like that guy. You know, sure, he's got to definitely at least give an approval. And either way you want to go about it, whether it's you just pick your guy and then go to him, if you want to say here's a list of guys we're thinking of, do you not like any of them? However you want to go about it, if he says I'm not into that guy, I'm not going to hire him. You know, and I think it would be stupid for Green Bay to do that, and I don't think that they will. Is there anybody aside from Josh McDaniels? I'm I was going to that Andy Reid. Yeah. And thinking, who else is there out there? Was John D. Filippo part of that? Yeah. Who's now the OC in Minnesota. He was the quarterback's coach in Philly. Yep. Maybe he's a name that they would consider. Sure. They've always been a team that liked to stay within house. I don't think this would be a, one of those moves. But I don't know where else. I feel like it's got to be an offensive guy, though. I'm sure yeah. they'll poke around at Lincoln Riley, potentially, at OU. Yeah, they'll poke there for sure. Obviously, Kingsbury's off the market. He's the OC at USC now. Um, I think young guy-wise, you have uh, the last two guys who I guess is Frank Reich and Matt 
Nagy, I think, were the two uh, offensive coordinators for Andy Reid over the last couple of years. Yeah, and, gone before, on. and Peterson went to the Eagles. And Peterson, yeah. So before. they've all had success. Now you look at, uh, and I can't remember his name, but the, the offensive coordinator who doesn't call plays because Andy Reid does, but he's the titled offensive coordinator for Kansas City right now. Forget his name, but he's relatively young, and I think he is certainly going to be a name that everybody's going to be trying to you know, reach out to at this point. So he's a guy, and then also Kansas City's quarterbacks coach. Um, is it? It's Kepka, Mike Kepka, or Kafka. Oh yes, yeah. He's a former NFL player. I think yeah. he actually played for the Eagles. Northwestern um, guy. Northwest, exactly. Really, really smart. He was in the league because of his football intelligence and Jeez, overall that would intelligence. Be, he's young though, man. He hasn't he, been coaching for very long. No question. But I think he is. He's a name out there that you could get ahead of things on if you're one of these teams. Like if I was the Dolphins, and I don't know if we're gonna cut ties with Gaze. I, I don't think we will. But he would be a guy that I would be interested in. He's. He's young. He's recently out of the league, relatively speaking. He's been under Andy Reid basically his whole career because I think he spent most of it in Philadelphia as a quarterback. And now he's coached Matt, uh, Pat Mahomes. He's been involved with Andy Reid in that Kansas City offense. I think that's a great guy to to potentially go after. So those, there's a couple. And then defensively, you have Vic uh, Fangio or Fangio. Oh, yeah, Vic Fangio. I don't think whatever Vic Fangio the hell, is ever going to be a viable coaching option. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Unless <laughs> there's just a if there's a if there's a young guy off like see because here's the deal. Here's what you could do if you're Green Bay. You could say, okay, let's go get our defensive guy, be our head coach, Vic Fangio. However the hell you say his name. He controls our defense. He's got us. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I know our head coach is a defensive guy. He's going to make sure that we bring a pretty good defense to the field every single Sunday. Now, you go get the offensive coordinator, the young guy who maybe, like you just said, is a little too green to jump right from quarterback's coach to head coach. You go get Kafka, whatever the hell his name is, quarterback's coach in Kansas City. Make him your offensive coordinator. So now your head coach is the leader Fangio, he's been in the league a long time, a lot of respect, knows what the hell he's doing. He's probably been an interim coach a handful of times. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think he was the coach in, with San Francisco. There you go. So you go be the head coach. He's your leader. He's your guy that stands up at the podium and talks. He makes sure that Aaron Rodgers has a good defense. And Aaron Rodgers and your new young and up-and-coming offensive coordinator who's been with Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes in Kansas City is, is taking control of your offense. I think that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad option. Banjo is not a guy that I would go for, but it, a defensive coach like that scenario, yeah. I just think I think I'm with you just on the surface with Fangio or even a defensive coach in general. But I think if you can pair it with a young, yeah. up and coming offensive coordinator who you can say you handle the offense, I got the defense. Don't worry, Aaron. I'm going to bring a good defense to the table each Sunday. I think that's a not a bad option at all. No. Even if you were to make him the head coach, I think in general, and just have a Fangio as your DC. Now, I don't know that that would be a great, you know, way to pull him into your organization or whoever it is you want. We've seen that work I don't with think the Rams Fangio's doing that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we said that they're working with the Rams right now with McVay and Wade. Yeah, you've got Wade. You just, I mean, you'd assume he's handling all the defensive duties. That's true. And then Sean McVay is able to just be the general, be the leader of the troops, and go ahead and execute the and most badass offense, the offense in football. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But the difference with McVay is McVay had actually been an offensive coordinator. Yeah, you know, he very green a, he, as well, though. But yes, no certain, certainly a lot more experienced than we're talking to with this Kafka situation. Yeah, so, so I get that. I, I get what you're saying, and I don't think that's a bad option. But that's very intriguing because you don't see a job like that open up very much. No, with a with a quarterback like don't. that ever, yeah. ever kind of that that scenario. So who knows? And may, maybe they go for a guy like a uh, a Kubiak. Yeah, I think that's a bad idea. I think that's a bad idea, too, but do you, maybe they go the veteran round. There's a lot of options for Green Bay, but I, I'm with you. I think the uh, the NFL seems to kind of be going to the younger, trendier dude. Especially for me, offensively. I don't want to recycle the old offensive coach who hasn't shown that he's really up with the time. Yeah, that'll frustrate Rodgers. You know, like if I'm going to get – I want my offensive coach, even if he's not my head coach. Again, if he's just my offensive coordinator, I want that to be the young – up and coming, creative, with the times, offensive, uh, offensive guy. So that that's what I would want. I wouldn't want to go get an old offensive minded coach to come in here and try and run a 2005 offense when we're we're playing in 2000. LA's playing in 2025. Okay, Green Bay was playing in 2005 this year. Yeah, I agree. 
It was dated. They needed a change. And they made it. Another change made recently was in Buffalo. A team that you're very fond of. Actually, uh, I think that your Dolphins just narrowly by maybe six inches or so were able to beat the Bills this past Sunday. Uh, I don't think in the... I don't think actually in the history books that goes down as a, I don't think it can go down as a win for the Dolphins. Oh, I think really? That, I think you just chalked that up. That has to go down to an L for both teams. Ooh, is that bad? That was ugly. Was it? It was ugly, and we should have lost that game. If it wasn't for Charles Clay, the former Dolphin, being inept, uh, they would have they won that game. We are bad. Oof. We are a bad team, but we remain in the hunt. At 6-6, six six, right? The Dolphins... <laughs> Are literally they live in the in the hunt graphic right around this time of year, and it's only a matter of two weeks before we are at the very bottom. We'll still be in it. We'll still be in it up until the very last week. We will have a mathematical chance of being in the hunt. But we also know there is zero chance that we will make that wild card. That's a beating. Dude. It is a purgatory unlike any other. Welcome to Dolphins Land. It's magic's killing it there, right? Or- it's Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah, yeah, Minka. 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 Minka's doing well, but our defense is our defense is trash. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing's bad. Anyways, why did you bring up Buffalo? Because the Bills cut Kelvin Benjamin. Oh yeah, he was bad. Oh my God, he was bad. I mean, really? I haven't watched Kelvin Benjamin play football in a while. Just he was. I haven't cared. I didn't see much of that game besides the final play and Jerry Hughes going after that official. Yeah, that was great. And then he just. Just totally plausibly denied it at the end. I'd like, like to see the video. Show me the video. Well, show me the video. All right, here's the video, bud. Well, suppose he was like, "Well, well, t- what, what, I, what was said? What was said? I did what? We saw you go up to the official. What did I say? If I did go up to the official, what did I say?" And the reporter goes, uh, "Well, supposedly you said that the ref called you a bitch." I have video that shows you okay. saying, "I would love to see the video." Him, you were referencing he called you a bitch. Yeah, I would love to see the video. Oh, it was a bitch. It was a bitch. Yeah. I thought it was something a little more serious than that. What? Like a f- Like a f- Exactly. Call him a Connor Williams? Yeah. Actually, I think that's actually what it was. I think Jerry Hughes got super offended because the ref goes, you f- Connor Williams piece of sh-. Wow. And Jerry Hughes goes, what the f-? You can call me just about anything you want. Don't you dare call me Connor Williams. Dude, stop it, all right? Stop it. That's a future Pro Bowler for the Dallas Cowboys. You bite your bleeping tongue. But I digress. Kelvin Benjamin deserved to be cut, if for nothing else, just just that game on Sunday. He was bad. He had no interest in being out there. It looked like he had eaten Twinkies all season long. This dude cannot run. This dude cannot catch. This dude cannot do anything. The only thing I remember about Kelvin Benjamin in the last couple of years was earlier this year when supposedly Josh Allen, young, rookie, first-round quarterback before the game, asked Kelvin Benjamin, hey, bud, you want to run some routes? Let's get warmed up. And Benjamin simply responded, no. I wonder if that's why uh, Cam Newton didn't really like the guy either. (laughs) Yeah. No, he doesn't seem like an overly likable guy. The fact that you're, you're my wide receiver and you're chubbier. You're supposed to be my number one guy. You're chubbier than my tight ends. You look like you should play guard. You're you know, maybe the Cowboys away from should sign him to be tight end. Center. No, because he has he's lazy. He has no interest in blocking. Oh, then oh you don't God, want that. no. The, Kelvin Benjamin does not deserve to be on an NFL field He's the Jamarcus Russells of receivers. Absolutely. Wow. He's a bleep. But he actually did have one good year. It, it does make me sad that Buffalo cut him. I wish they could have a guy like that on their roster. Just, just forever. To, you're only as good as your weakest link. So. Absolutely. If Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin, you, you, you got to get that thing. You got to get that guy. He's out of here. not a ringing endorsement. He's bad. Kelvin no, Benjamin. he's bad. Kelvin Benjamin. Wow. is not good. You brought up Cam Newton. Holy bleep! What the hell happened to the Dude, Panthers? What happened to the Panthers? I think it was a month ago we were doing a biggest or a, what was it? We did a Fuego. Fuego. Yeah. Most underrated team, and I yeah. said the Panthers. Hottest team in the league is the Panthers. And it's they've amazing. lost four in a row now. Christian McCaffrey is a oh, stud. Jeez, he's been oh, crazy, dude, he's crazy. Been so he's good. been everything for them, but the problem is he's really all they got offensively. They it's, lack weapons. It's weird. They just don't have consistency. Like they do have some weapons. They just don't. <laughs> DJ Moore. Samuels. No, DJ Moore's been pretty good, man. DJ as a Moore. Rookie. And DJ Curtis Moore Samuel's and a gadget Curtis guy. Samuel, yeah. And Devin Funches is not a bad other opposite yeah, receiver Funches to have. Can't be your number one guy. Well, DJ Moore will be the number one guy. He's just a rookie. Their offensive line's not great. The line's I don't not know. very good. North Turner but Cam's and, been and making Cam, some poor decisions. I agree, but man, I, I saw Jason Pierre-Paul, the four-fingered, or is it three fingers? I think it's four, and maybe three and a half. I was going to say, I think it actually might be two and a half. No, I no, know. I think there's at least three folds. 
He's got full three. Full three. You're on record? Yeah. Okay. Well, the three-fingered man, Pierre Paul, literally dominated whoever the left tackle is for for Carolina. Good God. There were a couple of times I was watching on Red Zone where Cam Newton takes the snap and has to run away immediately. Just take the snap and just take off backwards because he's got four guys in his grill. So I don't want to just completely kill Cam Newton, but you're right. He's regressed. And uh, he was, he was, people were talking about him having the same kind of season of his MVP season a few years ago. Norv Turner's the greatest thing ever. Carolina's back. Boom. You wake up a month later and they blow. No, they're in danger of missing the playoffs right now. It's crazy. They started out six and two and now they're six and no, six. They, they, yeah, six and six. It's they crazy. Lost they, they looked like one of the, the best teams in the NFC, a serious contender. It's amazing how the NFL is where a month ago the Dallas Cowboys are at the bottom of the barrel and everybody's kicking on them. Everybody's stomping on their head while they're drowning, and everybody's praising Cam Newton and uh, the potential MVP, North Turner. Holy God, he talk about young offensive coordinators. Bleep you, North Turner's coming for the head coaching jobs, baby. <laughs> no, they uh, a month no. later have lost four games in a row. You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. Yeah, the Cowboys have won four. They've completely flipped. Hopefully the Cowboys can sustain success. We'll see if the Pittsburgh Steelers can sustain success. First of all, what a great Sunday night football game. That was a sex game, no doubt. Oh, well, oh man, Chargers. Man. Now, I don't know why the Steelers wouldn't cover Keenan Allen. I've always loved Keenan Allen. He's a badass, really underrated receiver. Whenever Keenan Allen's been healthy, he's been a stud. Yeah. But the Steelers really did not seem to care to cover that man. No, they threw a linebacker on all every the time. time. He keeps lining up. He's lining up almost virtually in the same always spot. Always in the slot. And it's like, I know this freaking slow and five this four, flat linebacker. This guy, Fort, that I've never heard of, that Fort, Chris Collinsworth yeah. is saying is the best linebacker in football. Oh, he's the best, man. He's the best, man. Have you ever seen Leighton Vander as Chris Collinsworth? My God, he's trying to cover. Put some glasses on, Chris. You Jesus Christ, brother. Damn this it. is national fucking television, bro. Chris Collinsworth, everyone's sucking on your dick. Talking out of your life. ass? Damn it, Chris. Color guy, my dick, bro. Vander Esch is better. You're a fucking receiver. Talk receiver. You don't know about defense, Chris. But what a great game. Gosh, great game. Man. Oh, my God. What James Conner. Yeah. loses his ankle like this looked like a broken ankle here's the thing, fantasy dude. fans out there all saying oh crap clenching their ass like myself yeah that's you now they came out oh it's just a bad bruise i'm thinking thank god yeah. even if you miss a week whatever you yeah. know I'll, I'll deal with a week now it's an ankle sprain who knows well it's, it's the thing the thing about it bothers me for james connor is this guy's incredible he's overcome a ton of things bro it's fantasy playoff time Okay. We need show, you. Show up and f- play, bro. Dude, this is the uh, put some ice on that bitch. Put some ice on that bitch. Go out there. All I want you to do when they get to the one yard line, get in the game. Le'Veon Connor, just get in the game. When they're at the one, turn around, be behind Ben. Have Ben stick the ball in your gut and dive over the goal line. Get those six points. Come out and do it again. James Bell. Thank you, James. That's all I want from you. You f***ing traitor. Now, if you're a good f***ing fantasy football player. If you had any f***ing heart, James, and you you gotta, show up and play on Sunday, a f***ing bruise. <laughs> it's a sprained ankle now, though. Sprain. Sprain. Hey, James, it's playoffs, bro. Suit up. I'm with you. And that I, is just frustrating. And now it's a it's a waiver wire battle to get freaking Jalen Samuels. Yeah. Or Steven Ridley. Yeah. Steven Ridley. Crap. What the hell? That guy is what a What team does he machine. even play for? The Steelers, apparently. He plays for Pittsburgh? Yes. Are you kidding me? No. He's Steven probably, Ridley's still in the NFL? Yeah, he's probably going to be the first and down back, and Jalen Samuels is going to be the receiving back. Man, I don't Holy know what they'll do. They'll rotate bleep. series. Samuels is probably going to be the better guy. But I don't know. I think the Steelers will be okay. But you're telling me Stephen Ridley plays in the National Football League? Stephon Ridley, Stephen Ridley, the former New England Patriot. Yes, he's on the Pittsburgh bleeping Steelers, buddy. He's been their third running back all year long. Goodness gracious. Well, no better time than now. James Conner sitting out for the playoffs. You better just miss a week, Heartless James. bastard, James. First Melvin Gordon, now James. Gosh. And what about Kareem Hunt? That's the real bleep hole of the year. Yeah, he really, uh, he really bleep you, up. Kareem. You yeah, he really dick. Up. Wow, wow. Yeah, you really effed up. Kareem. Wow, Kareem. Unbelievable. And you know what? The NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. You look like bleeps too. Unbelievable. Here's TMZ. 
TMZ oh, in God. December. Here's a video we've obtained. This happened back in February, almost a year ago. Turns out Cream's got three other instances over the last year that he's been Holy in some altercations. Cow. The NFL just needs to stay out of this crap, man. No. It's, it's so annoying. No, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, they needed to stay out of this crap, but they're balls deep in this crap. And I had to sit here and watch them just bleep and vomit and poo all over the Ezekiel Elliott scenario. They actually busted a couple of nuts on Holy it too. moly, here comes Zeke suspended for six games, whether you think it was warranted or not. Now you got this showbo. How many of the six games were sex games, though? Well, that's a question All for of a later them. Day. It completely screwed the year, bro. So what are you saying? You want you want Kareem Hunt and the, the Chiefs to be screwed? Well, I mean, the Chiefs already no. Cut the him, Chiefs so cut him. Matter. He's gone. He's without a job. But it's just it, it, He'll it, be back. it pisses me off. Like, how do you not get a report? There's an arrest made. He got arrested, right? There's video of him talking with the police. Did he uh, end up no. getting arrested or just no, no? Because this girl didn't even file charges. She didn't, well, she was in the wrong too. What that oh, girl yeah, did was no disgusting. No, no doubt about it. No, no, no. But question. two wrongs don't make a right here. Yeah. And obviously, we're talking about Kareem Hunt. We're, just we're not talking about the girl. There, man. If the girl's face was shown in all this, she'd be. That woman should never get a job again. Yeah, I hear you. My but, God. Listen, she's just a she's a wannabe. She's a nobody. Kareem Hunt. Is a somebody. So that's the way it goes. The NFL, they've screwed themselves because they said they wanted to be the, be the kind of league that, you know, stands against this thing and, you know, no, zero tolerance you don't and all this creep. You don't look into anything. But yeah, but we don't want the video. Nothing. We don't want to interview Kareem Hunt. We don't oh, want to talk about Kareem. it. Kareem well, said I, nothing happened. So, oh, well, it's okay. We believe you. Here's the thing. If the now NFL the would video, just stay out of cut. this stuff. No, they should. They, they don't. But they've already said the matter. It's too late now, Eric. It's too late now. The second they went the extra mile to get involved in that Ezekiel Elliott stuff, once it was dropped, it was done. They decide they're not going to touch Joe Mixon because it's already been taken care of through college. It's done. The Zeke stuff happened while he was in college. He's already played in the NFL a year, but we're still investigating. We're gonna go, and, and then it goes halfway into the season. We slap a six gamer on. I mean, he, he fought the thing for months, and now you've got a Kareem Hunt. A video comes out about it. There's actual visual visual proof. There's far more serious allegations with witnesses. An actual case here, far greater than anything that was. In, you're grasping for straws with the Zeke stuff, right? And now. You look like idiots. I mean, how do you not look into that and have the... I mean, the dude should never have been playing this year. And for Kansas City, the team that also drafted Tyreek Hill, who choked out his pregnant girlfriend, it really doesn't look good. It really doesn't look good on either party. And I agree 100%. Roger Goodell and his dictator tirade, big dick attitude has done himself and the league a disservice... Because now, their hands in all of these pots, and they should never have been in the first place. And it's an unfortunate situation. And they've handled this extremely poorly. It looks terrible. Well, you've handled it amazingly. Thank you for, for saying what you're saying. Dallas Cowboys are 25th in the league. Excuse me, 26th in the league when it comes to red zone offense. Oh, that's not good. I just needed to throw that at you. Back in the football grind. Yeah. Back feeling good. We're back on the gridiron, baby. We're in, it. We're in it to win it. Holy smokes. It's back to talking football, and it's back to talking. Well, I got to just show love to Philip Lindsay. He, he's, he's, he's so good. Been potentially the MVC, the most valuable Chupacabra this year. Shouts out to oh, you. I believe you love and your you, fantasy Phillip. team. He is 40. Okay. I'm going to kick your ass. Philip Lindsay. Hayden. Hey, Hayden, I'm coming for you. Undrafted Philip Lindsay running back has 17 fewer rushing yards than Saquon Barkley does this season. No way. And he has 41 fewer carries. Wow. That's courtesy of Benjamin Albright. That's just rushing yards, though, right? Yes. Yeah. So Saquon's got a ton of receiving yards, too. So I'm sure all-purpose, it's not even close. Sure, but just specifically rushing. Undrafted. It is very true. Second overall pick. Because he didn't even start the first two games of the year. They were doing that committee thing with Royce Freeman. Freeman gets hurt. He takes control, and they still haven't even been giving him the ball all that much. I was going to say, it's been pretty much committee up until the last like two weeks. They've been like, all right, Lindsey's yeah. like really going to be our guy. But the fact that he's 17 fewer rushing yards on 41 less carries, 
than than Saquon Barkley. I just wanted to give a shout out to Philip Lindsay. He's been incredible. He went to Colorado. He went undrafted. Picked up by his hometown Denver Broncos. Makes the team. Kicks ass. Oh, by the way, he lives at home with mom and dad. No way. Yeah. He freaking lives at home with his parents. He lives in the basement. He says he still has to do chores, but it helps him financially. It's great. He gets to live at home. I mean, it's like That's the dude's awesome. living the dream. That's He's awesome. absolutely living the dream. Philip Lindsay, Denver Broncos. Denver's back in it. They've won themselves a couple of games now. Case Keenum, the comeback king. Holy smokes. Way to go, Denver. Vance Joseph thought he was going to be on the hot seat. Might still be, but he was dead in the water three weeks they're, ago. They're in the hunt, man. Now he's swimming, baby. They're in the hunt. And you've got other teams in that conference. The Bengals are done. Danny Dalton and A.J. Green now on the IR. They're done. So they got a shot. Ready for this? Yeah, give it to me now. (sighs) Patrick Mahomes has seven games with four touchdown passes in his career. That's unbelievable. That's this season. He is. He's so good. uh, He's wrong, man. Since 2004... The Miami Dolphins have only done that five times. No, how bad does that make you feel? Since 2004, at a time where Patrick Mahomes has thrown four touchdowns in seven different games, since 2004, the San Francisco 49ers as an entire team have done that one time. No way, because they went to the Super Bowl. They've had some really good teams come through there. In 14 years, they've had one game where their quarterback threw Man. for four touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes has done that Even seven with Colin times Kaepernick? in the last, like, 12 games. We know Alex Smith probably didn't do that, but man. Holy freaking bleep, man. And and that there's one. I mean, the Jets have done it three times since 2004. The Ravens have done it four times since 2004. I mean... Patrick Mahomes by himself has done it seven times in 12 games. Pat's making it look easy. Just incredible. Oh, and by the way, Patrick Mahomes has uh, the same amount of touchdown passes as Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers combined this season. That's unbelievable. He's got 41. Brady's got 20. Rodgers has 21. He's so you can literally see the, the changing of the guard right before our eyes. And Patrick Mahomes made... Two or three throws against Oakland on Sunday that made my jaw absolutely drop. Oh my gosh. He threw it into some windows on the run down the field that were so insane. I mean, Mahomes is the freaking man. I mean, give credit to Andy Reid and that offense, and he's got skill players, but holy smokes, dude. Pat Mahomes is an absolute boss. I don't think anybody ever questioned the talent. It was the turnover rate, and he's really seemed to clean that up. I mean, everything's working well for him. He's having an unbelievable season. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Pat Mahomes is the man, and that that division's a fun one. When you got the Chiefs and the Chargers, hopefully Melvin Gordon can get back healthy. That's a that's a big one. That's another injured back for the fantasy playoffs. Crap, and I've got both of them in the league. Oh my goodness, this is this is terrible. But the AFC, it's open, dude. I mean, the the Patriots don't look... Obviously, anytime you have to go to New England, it's going to be tough. But if Kansas City is able to get New England at home, or if Pittsburgh, they, they play here in a few weeks... I don't think Pittsburgh... I think New England knows how to beat Pittsburgh. I think so, too. I don't think, and I don't think it matters where it is. I don't think it does either. But I think that uh, getting New England outside of number one seeding, you know, out in a scenario where they might have to go play an AFC title game or a playoff game on the road, certainly opens things up in the AFC. But it is clear that, uh, that New England isn't quite to the level of what you're used to seeing them be. For sure. You know, with... With not only just with their old team, but with Brady himself, the offense, the defense, they don't have anything that really wows you. Uh, they still find a way to obviously win games, and especially at home, they're going to do that. But I hear you when you see the they're when beatable. You, when you exactly, especially when you think about when the Chiefs are at their best, you don't think New England would probably be able to hang with them. No. So, and I would say the same thing uh, even for the Rams when the Rams are at their best, Saints are at their best. I don't know that New England can hang with those Cowboys. teams offensively. Um, the Cowboys, certainly. I mean, that's just a, when you talk about juggernaut offenses, you, you think about the Cowboys. But you're talking about a, a juggernaut D. 
Um, I do Be want over to mention that Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts put up zero points. Yeah, this they week. just got shut out this week. Uh, wow. I mean, Against Jaguars defense. Well, we they say lost to Cody Kessler. Bro. Come on. Yeah, it was it was the Jags defense. Finally, they've played well at home the last two home games. They shut down Pittsburgh's offense two weeks ago. But yeah, that's embarrassing. That's definitely a team that was red hot. I think the Colts had won what five in a row or something like that. And uh, yeah, not a good, not a good game. It was a stinker. It was a stinker for the Colts. It happens, but it's not as bad as what the Redskins are going through right now. They had to play Mark Sanchez in a meaningful football game, dude. Wait, are you talking about the Sam Washington Redskins that had uh, running back Adrian Peterson go for a ninety-yard touchdown and not run for a hundred yards and finish the game with less than a hundy? Yeah, that's crazy. I saw that too and literally LOL'd. Laughed out loud. Is that what that means? That's what that means. Holy In fact, shit. I was rolling on the floor laughing out loud. Raffle. Really? Dude. Oh my God. That was, I mean, I guess it was pretty funny. It was hilarious to me. And the fact that Mark Sanchez played in a football game, that meant something, and had another butt fumble. Really, was the icing. It was a butt fumble recovery, recovery, though. But it still was just like, dude, this is happening again. It's so much. This is really happening right now. Like the Redskins are in a position where Colt McCoy goes down, and now here's Mark Sanchez, and we're calling plays that clearly he has no idea what they are, doesn't know what he's doing. He's not very good to begin with, and now our season's completely screwed. And they kick the tires around Cal and Kaepernick. And I don't think they're going to end up making that signing. But man, no, they're oh settling man. on the savior, Josh Johnson. All is Josh well Johnson, huh? Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Goodness gracious, Johnson to the rescue. Josh bleeping Johnson. Wow, that's yeah. what we've come to. It's poor Washington, man. It no, absolutely I'll never is. say poor Washington. They can suck it. Uh, I do want to give some love to Seattle. They seem to be one of the. I teams. thought they would suck this year. Me too. I really thought they would stink this year, and I think I said it several times on our show. And they've been really good. And Russell Wilson's awesome. Russell, Wilson, I think both man. of us said it, it wouldn't be because of Russell Wilson. No, it's because that offensive line and the rest of the team. The defense in that the good. defense is depleted. They have no offensive line. Now they're running the ball like crazy. Yeah, and they. They got enough defense. I mean, Wagner had a freaking huge return for a touchdown. That was badass. But Wilson's playing great, and Seattle's one of those teams you you don't really want to have to play right now. They're a stingy pain in the ass. Yeah, certainly. And I, not that, I mean, well, they certainly won't have a home playoff game, so you don't have to worry about going to Seattle. Yeah, they'll be a wild card team, but that could be but, a team if the Cowboys win the East. That could be a wild card But matchup. Seattle's clicking right now, man, and I, I just think they're they're a team that if I'm, if I'm in the NFC, I'm the Rams or I'm the Bears— one of these teams, man, I'm not crazy about playing Seattle. Right about the now. Giants beating the Bears. Now, there's no Trubisky. No Trubisky. Chase Daniel, the pride of South Lake Carroll, but crazy game. Cohen knew it was Hanukkah. He was lighting the menorah all over the Giants, baby. Yeah, he did. He absolutely dominated. By the way, happy Hanukkah to Thank you, you and sir. yours. Thank you. You have a good start? Absolutely. It's been great. I've had Latkes out the push. I've had some blintzes. I had no idea vodka was a uh, Latkes, Hanukkah tradition. Latkes. Potato pancakes. Latkes? Latkes. Latka. Like a L-A-T-K-E-S. Latkes. Ooh, I like it. Latka. Oh, my goodness. I love shooting They're latka. delish. They're delish, baby. Love play, taking play haircuts. Play some dreidel. Haircuts with latka. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. That's the best, man. You get yourself a shot glass. You get your favorite liquor in there. You sit down. Tilt the neck back. Pour the locker in there. Did you at least reach out to Tariq Cohen or Juju well, Smith? I did do some research, and Tariq is actually not Jewish. What? He's really not. What? He's not Jewish. I saw him on Bleacher Report the other day doing a whole Jewish Yom Kippur. Yeah, so they made a, uh, it was like a funny video. Oh, it was great. Because everybody thinks, and they want to, you know, find some Portray him to, as because of his last name, but in reality, he's not Jewish. Whoever he is a sport about it and, and tries all the Jewish foods. He's not unaccustomed to people thinking that he is Jewish. Because well, Cohen is Jewish as hell. Cohen is extremely Jewish. Cohen's about as Jewish as they come. So is Tariq. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's not far off. <laughs> what about Juju Smith, though? He's absolutely Juju he's is a practicing Juju. Juju yeah. is celebrating. Juju is. Uh, he's an Orthodox. He's going to have to step up and really play well these next few games without James Conner in the fall. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> asshole, James Conner. My heartless, God. heartless bastard, James Conner. Really, really hope this guy comes in and plays well. He's not. Uh, in a week. In two weeks.
You think uh, like after this week, the next week, he's good to go? As soon as your team falls out, he'll be ready to rock. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We got another great weekend of football coming up. We are the Nosebleed Suits Podcast. Zach Wilcher alongside Eric Chiafalo. Ooh, ooh, one more thing. One give it more to thing. me. Give it to me. From one Marcus last thing. Mosher on oh. Twitter. As a your Dallas Cowboys rooting guide for week 14. Are you ready? Give it to me. You want the Rams to beat the Bears. You want the Seahawks to beat the Vikings. You want the Browns to beat the Panthers. And you want the Giants to beat the Redskins. Week 14 around the corner, bitches! All of those things happen, plus a Cowboys over Eagles victory. Good luck to your fantasy teams. Happy bleeping Hanukkah. Stay composed, everybody. Hugs and hand pounds. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.